the Rangers built on a good April with a fantastic May being one of the best teams in baseball on today's show. I'm breaking down what went right for the Rangers in May and why their World Series aspirations are by no means a long shot. All that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. We are finally into June. Today is Thursday, June 1st. Your Rangers are 35 and 20 alone atop the AL list with a three-game lead over the Houston Astros before we get into what's gone right for the Rangers so far and looking at this fantastic month May. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now, the Rangers proved their World Series dreams. All that talk in the offseason about, oh, we signed an entirely new rotation. Oh, DeGrom said, oh, I want to I go to Texas because I want to compete for World Series. And, you know, the offseason before, Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon saying, oh, yeah, I want to go to Texas and compete for a World Series. And it was kind of a, a joke, kind of a, a laugh. Of, okay, yeah, you kind of have to say that no matter where you're going with, with Seager and Simeon after coming off that horrendous season and you thought okay maybe maybe they're kind of turning things around then they come up with a 95 lost season last year and they sign this entirely new rotation you think okay okay we'll we'll see I know that was the entire problem last year, and they they fixed their entire problem. But yeah, I, I don't know. The jury's still out on this team. There's still some margins that need to be filled, and and so far they have filled those margins. They have answered pretty much every question about this team, except for the bullpen. We'll get to that later on because this is a positive episode. The Rangers went 19 or 19 and 12 on the road, 16 and 8 at home in the month of May. They went. 18 and 9 won twice as many games as they lost. This is a fantastic Rangers team. They have the second best record in all of baseball. They have the best run differential in all of baseball. They are clobbering teams with great starting pitching and fantastic offense as well. The month of May, the player of May has been voted on and it is Nathan Eovaldi as voted by the local media. And uh, the Rangers did all this month of May with only half a month of Corey Seager came back on the 17th and they didn't have Jacob DeGrom at all. But they did have Nathan Eovaldi, who was absolutely fantastic in this month. They have the second best starter ERA in Major League Baseball at 328 behind only the Rays. And Eovaldi in this month has been just on another planet. I mean, once Jacob DeGrom went down at the end of April, he has stepped up. He stepped up with a complete game shutout in that game. And then in the month of May, he has been absolutely fantastic. He has an ERA below one at 0.96 in five starts, has a complete game, 37 and two thirds innings, 31 strikeouts. Uh, Batters are hitting 178 against him in the month and a whip of zero point 85. Nobody's getting on base. He's not walking anybody. The strikeouts are down a little bit, but he was going so deep into games, which is so critical for a team with a lot of bullpen issues. And John Gray was also fantastic in this month. He has his season ERA down below three. The Rangers have 
three different starters with a season ERA below three. That includes Jacob DeGrom, who is on the IL. Actually, excuse me, four. Dane Dunning also has a 2.06 ERA, started five games. He was fantastic, has been fantastic with Jacob DeGrom on the shelf. And the Rangers rotation has not skipped a beat. It's been a little bit of a rough patch for Martin Perez. He has his ERA around four and a half, four point forty three. after that really really rough start in Detroit where the Rangers were still able to come back and pick him up and, and win that game. Andrew Heaney's been excellent in the month of May as well. John Gray on the season has pitched 57 and two thirds innings, 46 strikeouts and a 281 ERA in May. He has been even better just on a tear as of late. And I have loved what I've seen from John Gray. He's looking like the pitcher in June and July that he was last year when the Rangers thought, okay, this guy uh, is is pretty freaking exceptional. Um, and in the month of May, he has been even better. Where we go? Okay, a 195 ERA in five games started in May. 32 and a third innings, 29 strikeouts, just six walks and four home runs. Uh, just much, much better than it was in April. We had a 391 ERA, not terrible. Um, just averaging five innings per start. He's bumped that up to around six, a little over. Yeah, right around six um, innings per start in May. He has been exceptional. The Rangers' starting rotation, just, it's exactly what it was billed to be. And it has been, outside of Jacob Grom, healthy, which is was the whole question with this rotation. And even when it hasn't been, when the Rangers have had to go to Dane Dunning, he has stepped up in a huge, huge way. Cody Bradford, after a rough Major League debut, was fantastic in his spot start on Sunday against Baltimore. He is showing that he can be counted on in big outings. And, you know, if they had to go to Cole Reagans, then I, I think that he could do pretty well in a start if the Rangers needed three, four innings out of him since he is not stretched out. And I think they're going to start using him more as a high leverage reliever, which I think is is probably best for him, especially once Dane Dunning probably moves back into the bullpen when Jacob DeGrom gets healthy. But, I mean, this rotation has been everything the Rangers asked of it, and and then some. I mean, Andrew Heaney has his ERA down below four at 376 in this month and is striking out nine batters per nine innings, which is second best of the starting rotation behind only Jacob DeGrom. I mean... This, this is what the Rangers envisioned. Last year, the offense was was fine. It's significantly better this year, and we'll get into the hitters that are breaking out in May um, in the second segment. But it's doing this team is doing everything that it asked of its starters, and they have been healthy. They have been able to give them extra rest when they needed to. And the depth of it, having nobody in the starting rotation that's going to go out there and really ever throw that much of a goose egg i mean you'll get the occasional blowout starts from andrew Heaney and occasionally from martin perez and um even Evaldi in his bad start in may went five shutout innings against the tigers in detroit like that this rotation is just full of guys that will keep you in games and if you keep this rangers offense in games for a while then they will they will get you wins most of the time i mean this offense has been incredibly deep and incredibly talented and uh it is it all starts with marcus simeon who extended his hitting streak to 20 games in the finale against detroit i don't even really want to get into that game because it was just honestly so annoying a one-run loss dane dunning was was not great um but a couple of his runs were charged to him even though it was the bullpen that came in and gave up those runs he only went five innings in that one but the bullpen didn't allow a run of their own in their three innings of work so progress even though i don't don't even get me started on the strike zone from that final game it kind of will send me into a rage spiral but still doesn't matter 
because it was the final game of a fantastic month of May. The Rangers still have a three-game lead over the Houston Astros. All those people saying, oh, you can't check the standings until this. You can't check standings until that. Well, check the freaking standings right now because the Texas Rangers have the second-best record in all of baseball, and it is absolutely no mirage. They wanted them to get off to a hot start in April, and they did that. And May thought, okay, we'll kind of see where this team is, if they're more of a legitimate contender or if that hot start was just them beating up on bad teams. And, you know, they did a fantastic job. They hang hung with every every series they either won except for one loss to the Braves, which again, if not for some bullpen shenanigans, the Rangers would have won every single series or split the two game series against the Diamondbacks to start mate. But going on a long road trip like they did on that AL West road trip starting on the fifth ending on the 14th against the Angels, the Mariners, and the A's, losing only one game in each of those series and probably could have not lost two of those games if not for, again, bullpen shenanigans. But still, the Rangers had a fantastic trip to start May. Then that series against the Braves kind of showed, okay, this team is not quite there yet, but still really freaking good. Then they go and sweep the Rockies. They win two out of three against the Pirates. They win two out of three in Baltimore. And then they nearly sweep the Tigers as well. But this is just a really freaking good team. It is past time for people to start believing in the Texas Rangers. They are legitimate World Series contenders, and they are incredibly deep and talented and can answer pretty much all of their questions about themselves by the time we get to the postseason. Coming up, we're going to look at this offense, the hitters of May, and why Josh Young is probably going to take home Rookie of the Month yet again in the American League. But first, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. GameTime is the best app and the best way to find tickets for last-minute deals. They are fantastic at getting you those last-minute deals. Forget all the months of planning in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% the difference. Get images of your seat right before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds two taps and you are set tickets are sent directly to your phone so you'll never have to dig through your email download the game time app create an account and use code locked on mlb for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account redeem code locked on mlb for twenty dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Shout out to the everydayers. Thank y'all so much for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every single day. On Friday's show, I'll be talking about the farm system and looking ahead at this big series against the Mariners. Texas takes on Seattle this weekend. You can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, the month of May was exceptional for the Rangers hitters. They performed extremely well, including Marcus Simeon. It all starts at the top with Marcus Simeon and his 20-game hit streak. He has been exceptional while Corey Seager was out. He has been exceptional while Corey Seager has been back, and he just cannot stop hitting. He is was the baseball reference war leader. At last I checked, 3.2 war um, a, for all of Major League Baseball, did an episode last week, maybe this week, about how Marcus Simeon deserves some MVP love, and he absolutely does. He's got an OPS of 850 heading into the month of June with eight home runs, 15 doubles, a pair of triples, and on base of 366. That walk rate has been jumping up much better than it was last year. 
seeing a lot of pitches, hitting a lot of pitches at the top of the order, and getting on base at a very good clip for the rest of this lineup, which is fantastic at hitting with runners on base, runners in scoring position. The Rangers are still the best hitting team with runners in scoring position in all of Major League Baseball, not just batting average, but OPS as well. This team drives in runs in bunches. They aren't huge home run boppers. I mean, Josh Young is on pace for 36 home runs, and Adoles Garcia is on pace for around 42 home runs this year. But outside of that, Marcus Simeon is the next closest with eight. I mean, Ezekiel Duran has seven. He will be coming back hopefully fairly soon, take, taking some light swings in batting practice. He was put on the IL on Saturday of last week, so I think... I think it was is it might have been retroactive to the last time they played, which was either Tuesday or Wednesday in that series against the Pirates. So should be seeing him back in the lineup at some point soon. But he was also fantastic. But that, he's a big reason why the Rangers didn't skip a beat without Corey Seager because Ezekiel Duran just stepped up and was absolutely fantastic in the 40 games he's played so far. An 855 OPS, hitting over 300, slugging over 500, eight doubles and seven home runs for the Rangers rookie infielder slash outfielder slash wherever the heck they're going to put him. He's probably going to be the everyday left fielder once he comes back, which would relegate Robbie Grossman to a DH or um, bench role when Mitch Garver comes back. Garver might end up coming back first because he is still rehabbing in AAA Round Rock. Not sure exactly what the timeline is on him coming back. Maybe we'll see him in this weekend series against the Mariners. Maybe we'll see both of these guys activated off the IL in this weekend series against the Mariners. That would be fantastic. I don't know if that's going to happen or if the Rangers are going to have to wait until the next series against uh, St. Louis, which is going to be a fairly tough series after a, a miserable month of April, St. Louis is kind of looking more like the contender that we all expected them to be at the beginning of the season. But Marcus Simeon has his four, his 20-game hit streak. Josh Young extended his hit streak to 14, state, 14 straight games, obviously the longest of his young career. And he built on a rookie of the year month or rookie of the month month in April with a fantastic May. It was even better in 26 games in May. He had six home runs, six doubles, a triple, hit 318 with an on-base of 357 and slugged 561. That is a 918 OPS, which is uh, 60... 268 points, 78 points higher than his um, 842 OPS in April when he won Rookie of the Month then. You win April and May Rookie of the Month, that almost locks up the award. As long as you don't fall off a complete cliff towards the back half of the season, then that's that, that award is basically as good as yours. I mean, Masahiro, uh, Yoshida, excuse me, Yoshida is is the other guy who is going to be, um, I was about to say Masahiro Tanaka, and he, he is not in the Rookie of the Year um, campaign, but um, Yoshida is the outfielder for the Boston Red Sox. He did not have nearly as good a month of May as uh, Josh Young, but he was, he was hot early, but Josh Young finished strong with this 14-game hitting streak bumping up his numbers dramatically did have a bit of a slump in the first half of the month, but Hey, you close it out on a 14 game hitting streak where you are seeing the ball extremely well and mashing it to all fields and playing some really good defense as well. You're going to, you're going to make your overall numbers in the month of May look very, very good, which is what he has done so far. I have loved what I've seen from Josh Young and he's one of the big things that has gone right for the Rangers, their, their development of young players, all these young guys breaking out to fill these roles and, and step up in a big way has been hugely 
Leo Tavares is a huge part of that as well. In the month of May, he was absolutely exceptional. Leo Tavares played 26 games in the month of May, hit 368 with an on-base of 419 and slugged 516. That is a 935 OPS versus in 16 games in April, he had a 586 OPS. Don't you remember the beginning of this month when everyone was saying, oh, our Rangers are going to have to send Leo Tavares down. They're going to have to call up Evan Carter right now. Well, he can kind of flip the script on that. Carter had a little bit of struggles in the month of May, and it definitely would have been way too soon to bring him up. And Leo Tavares just was absolutely fantastic. We know the elite defense, the elite speed. He brought that, and he also brought the offense as well. If he can keep Maybe he's probably not going to hit 368 the rest of the way. That's probably a little bit unrealistic. But if he can keep pace with his numbers right now, he's hitting over 300 at 309 and on base of 366 and an OPS of 809. If that guy is the number nine spot in your order and the defense first center fielder, then your offense is absolutely incredible. Ezekiel Duran, his breakout has also been huge for the Rangers, not only stepping in at shortstop and now will probably move to left field, but it just kind of gives this order some insane amount of depth and that's even without factoring in if Mitch Garver comes back and and Robbie Grossman has been pretty good to fine a little bit below average offensively overall a 93 OPS plus but pretty much everybody else in this order is at least 16% better than league average Jonah Heim even with a down down month has a 116 OPS plus same with Nathaniel Lowe 116 Uh, Marcus Simeon 134 Duran 133 Corey Seager 158 I mean just everybody in this lineup absolutely mashes and the Rangers getting this development from their young position players is huge they have not done a great job of developing their own talent whether it's been drafted or guys who they've traded you know major league pieces for and you know gotten prospects there those guys haven't they haven't done the best job of panning out and so far Ezekiel Duran and Leo Tavares and Josh Young those three young guys pieces of your young core are really coming through. I would include Jonah Heim and Daniel Lowe there, but they're 27, 28 and 27 respectively. So they are no longer young, but they are still pieces that the Rangers traded for before they were everyday major leaguers and turned them into above average everyday major leaguers in some really, really smart and shrewd trades. But this team is incredibly stacked with depth in the offense. Adolis Garcia kind of fell off a little bit towards the back half of the season. It looks like back half of the month, I should say, had a fantastic middle of the month mashing against the uh, against the Braves. He had that big home, multi-home run game against Spencer Strider, the first player to ever homer multiple times off Spencer Strider in the big leagues. I mean, him in the four hole and I mean every every single part of this lineup every single part of this offense is just absolutely raking right now and even when a couple of guys go on prolonged slumps like say if Corey Seager and Nathaniel Lowe went on a slump then the Rangers have Marcus Simeon up at the top and, and Josh Young and Dillis Garcia and everybody else in this lineup is capable of stepping up when guys have days off that's why this team does such a good job of, of having so many big innings it's that they trust everybody else in the order. They will not have the selfish at bat. They will have the selfish, selfless at bat. They will see more pitches. They will not swing and chase out of the zone. They will not, you know, roll over on pitches that aren't good enough for them. They will say, okay, if you want to walk me and get to the next guy behind me, I trust that guy to pick it up in this big spot or in whatever spot, whether it's a low leverage outcome or a low leverage at bat or a high leverage spot. This offense is always trusting the guy behind them and not having to play hero ball of saying, I'm the only one who's hot right now, so I got to carry this offense. No, there are nine guys in this order every day. And 
you know, pretty much everybody on this everyday roster, even Josh Smith really stepped up in the month of May and his OPS plus is just below league average um, at 98 as opposed to 100. He is stepping up. He, uh, Travis Jankowski is back and stepping up as well. Even Bubba Thompson got a, a nice big bunt hit the other day. I mean, everybody on this on this roster is stepping up in their own way. It is a deep and talented offense. And let's take a look at the month of June, which is going to be pretty tough. But I think the Rangers can still build on their momentum and uh, have some really crucial series to show everyone this might just be the best team in all of baseball. But first, this word from our sponsors. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every day. On Monday's show, I'll be talking about this weekend's series against Seattle. The Rangers take on the Mariners this weekend. You can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, the Rangers had a fantastic month of May, like I've been saying for the past 20 minutes, and June was always going to be very, very difficult. They might end up getting Jacob Grom back fairly soon. Some news about that came out this uh the last couple of days. DeGrom, congratulations to the DeGrom family who are having their third baby. He is heading home to Florida to be with his wife for the birth of his child. Then after this weekend, the Rangers will make a decision on when he comes back. After this weekend, the Rangers will take on the Cardinals. Here's how these series stack up this month. The Rangers have three games at home against the Mariners and then three against the Cardinals. Then the series of the year, I would say, this is going to be a massive series. The 9th through the 11th of June, the Rangers go to Tampa Bay to take on the Rays, the two best teams in all of baseball so far. It'll be a crucial, crucial series. Then they head back home for a homestand with three against the Angels, then three against the Blue Jays. Then they go on the road for three against the uh, subpar White Sox, have a day off, finish that road trip with three games in the Bronx against the Yankees, come back home, finish the month with four games against the Tigers and the start of a four-game series against the Astros uh, starting on June 30th, which is also going to be absolutely massive. The Rangers have only played the Astros once, one series this year. They took two out of three, and that was back when everyone was not believing in the Rangers, thinking, oh, this is some fluky team. Oh, it's just one series in... In April, why does it really matter that much? Well, that series could end up mattering quite a bit. The Astros have also been incredibly hot. They got Jose Altuve back, and that always seems to spark whenever he misses time. Um, Whenever he comes back, it feels like they go on an absolutely insane run. But the Rangers have been on an insane run of their own. They still stay atop the the division with a three-game lead, and every single game is going to be precarious. I am watching the standings every day, watching as much as I can of the Astros game, just like, okay, scoreboard watching, like, all right, this, this game actually matters. Every game actually matters quite a bit for this team, and it is a really, really exciting change of pace for a Texas Rangers team that hasn't had a whole lot of reason to standing watch the last three, four, five, six years. Honestly, it has been a rough, rough way for this team. I mean, the last fun, even first half of the season was 2019. That was the first year of this podcast. The Rangers had a bunch of mishmash pieces of a lineup that were doing really, really well. Everybody got hurt in the back half and there was no depth to the starting rotation and everything fell apart at the seams. But this year there is no Ariel Harado as the number three starter. There is uh, enough depth in this lineup to where if one of the core pieces gets hurt for a significant significant amount of time, then the Rangers can make it up. Um, but this is not like those other teams. This is much more like the 2015-16 teams or the 2012-2011-2010 teams, except, I don't know, I, I think this team might be even deeper, especially the starting rotation. That is the big difference between this starting 
this team and other teams in the past for the Rangers. The Rangers have, have had seasons where they had elite offenses, like one through nine. Everybody can hit like crazy. And they've had seasons where they've had elite bullpens and elite offenses and a couple of really good starters at the top in 2016 is the team that kind of comes to mind. I think this offense is a lot deeper than 2016 offense, but the bullpen is, is not anywhere near as elite as that at, as that year. But the Rangers have a better one too atop their rotation than they did in 2016 when they had Cole Hamels and Hugh Darvish. The Rangers have Jacob DeGrom and Nathan Eovaldi. Eovaldi has been one of the best pitchers in all of baseball this season. Jacob DeGrom is the best pitcher in baseball when he's healthy, and when he's been on the mound, he's been truly electric for the Rangers. I honestly cannot wait for the Rangers to get him back. If he if it takes until that series against the Rays, if he can pitch against the Rays, seeing Jacob DeGrom go against the Rays in that series, that is going to be must-watch TV for all of baseball fans that whole weekend. I don't think there are any... Uh, for some reason, that's not the the night game. I don't know how much they they flex when the Sunday night baseball game is. I think that that could definitely should be because it will be the biggest game in Major League Baseball so far this season. It might not be Yankees Red Sox, but it is the two best teams in all of baseball. The Rays are are who the Rangers are competing with to be the best team in all of baseball. Their run differential is ahead of them. They are still, I believe, three or four games behind them in the wins and losses column. The Rays have played quite a few more games than the Rangers, but this Texas team is absolutely electric, and I cannot wait for the return of Jacob DeGrom. I mean, you look at this team, and the bullpen is improving. The Rangers got some have gotten some good performances out of their high-leverage guys the last week or so. This wasn't a, a great outing for Jonathan Hernandez, who only got one out and then allowed a couple of hits and allowed a couple of runners to score that were Dane Dunnings in relief. But... It's looking like it's riding the ship just a little bit more. We're, we're seeing that Will Smith is a trustworthy option in the back of the pen. We got to see a fantastic debut from Grant Anderson, who struck out not, uh, seven of his first nine batters that he faced. Just absolutely incredible stuff. Maybe he can be in more high leverage situations. We've seen some really great stuff from Cole Reagans the last couple of times that he's been out there limiting those base runners, limiting those walks, and still getting those strikeouts, just kind of letting it rip. Absolutely electric stuff from him and the velocity jump. It was the story of spring training and it felt like the Rangers were kind of misusing him quite a bit to start this season. They didn't know if he was going to be the long man or like a second long man. If you wanted a lefty long man versus a righty long man in Dane Dunning when the full rotation was healthy they didn't quite trust him in high leverage situations at that point and then it just kind of got to the point where they needed to try somebody else out there and and reagan's has stepped up with some really nice outings his last couple of times out of the pen hernandez is is still kind of questionable but leclerc is seems like he's riding the ship he had a perfect inning on the finale on wednesday so i'm starting to trust him a little bit more if he is getting in there in the right situations in clean innings and brock burke i still think is overall very trustworthy the strikeouts haven't been coming quite as much as last year but you know the walks are at 1.6 per nine which is great very manageable um 7.8 hits per nine he's not allowing a whole lot of base runners so I, I still trust brock burke in high leverage situations and i trust him to go multiple innings in those high leverage situations but the rangers have some help hopefully coming we have an announcement that spencer howard has started a rehab stint that is great news he is the spencer howard starting pitcher experiment i believe is finally over so they're just gonna let him go in the pen run that thing up and 
start chucking 99 mile an hour fastballs where if he just becomes a two pitch guy which is not at all sustainable if you're a starting pitcher unless those two pitches are like Jacob Grom's fastball and Jacob Grom's slider uh, which is kind of what Spencer Strider has done um, but it, that is not the case for Spencer Howard he is starting a rehab stint um, I don't know how long that is going to take but I am anticipating that there's going to be a move made as soon as he's ready I, I think it Josh Spores might be the first guy to go off the off the major league bullpen roster. Maybe it'll be John King that the Rangers just cut loose. But I am so excited to see what Spencer Howard can do in a relief role. I have been asking for this for a while. I think the Rangers did the right thing of giving him the the least that they did to be a starter. It just didn't work out. Now just go throw him in the back of your pen. You've got a lot of great starting pitching, so you don't have to worry about him. I think the same can be said about Glenn Otto. Um, not that I don't think that Glenn Otto could be a you know number five, six starter for you, but I think he's a lot more valuable if you also let him just throw one inning, ramp that fastball velocity up into the high 90s with that nasty, nasty slider that he's got. He could be a fantastic weapon for the Rangers in the back end of their pen in those late October games where the Rangers could most definitely see themselves playing. I mean, uh, baseball reference. There we go. That's what I was looking for. Baseball reference has the Rangers odds to win the world series at 7.4%. That is a really, really marked improvement from where they were even a month ago. I mean, Baseball Reference didn't believe in this team. Fangraphs didn't really believe in this team. And Fangraphs still has them at only a 78.7% chance to make the playoffs, which I feel is incredibly low. I mean, the Rangers have the second-best record in all of baseball. They've been doing it against good teams. They took two out of three in Baltimore against a really, really good Orioles team and, and nearly swept them, if not for um, just some some really great relief pitching from Baltimore, which, again happens all the time but this is a legitimate world series contender a legitimate al west contender and all those astros fans who are saying that all those every baseball fan that was saying the rangers had absolutely no chance in the al west well it pissed this rangers team off and, and they are showing that hey we can contend with literally anybody we can beat the astros out for the division and it's not just because the astros had a slow start it's because this is a really freaking good baseball team that's going to do it for today's show thank y'all so much for making lockdown rangers first listen every day and until next time, don't forget to enjoy first place Texas Rangers baseball.